Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, you're listening to Fabulous Magazine's podcast, Things I Told My Daughter. And in this episode, you'll hear from Dame Deborah James and her daughter, Elle Louise. This episode was recorded in 2019, three years on from Deborah's diagnosis of bowel cancer. The date today is the 29th of June, 2022, the day after Dame Deborah James passed away peacefully, surrounded by her family. We hope you find comfort in listening to Deborah as she fearlessly faces cancer with a smile on her face, all whilst challenging taboos and raising awareness. To find out more about bowel cancer or for advice, head to www.bowelcanceruk.org.uk. And if you would like to continue Deborah's legacy in supporting the causes that she was so passionate about, you can donate to the Bowel Babe Fund for Cancer Research UK. A link to the Just Giving page can be found in the episode description. We're a nation that's obsessed with celebs, and the more private they are, the more we want to know. Every week in Fabulous Magazine, we talk to our most loved celebrities, whether it's about fashion, beauty, or more personal matters. Now we're going one step further with this series of intimate and tell-all conversations. Oh, you know, if I'm vegetarian and if I if I exercise really well, I'm not going to get cancer and I'm going to cancer-proof my life. And I'm like, I've been vegetarian for 25 years. I've run marathons and you know I've got bowel cancer. This is the podcast where I get under the skin of what really makes a woman by meeting the most important lady in their life. Question was, what do we like to do together, wasn't oh, it? dancing. Yeah, we do a we lot. We do a lot of dances. A lot. We do a lot of dancing, don't we? And sometimes it's very embarrassing because we do it in embarrassing places. Mums and daughters may not always be the best of friends, but in this show, our fabulous females are brave enough to let us into their personal lives and share the highs and lows of their relationships. I'm Lisa Snowden, this is Things I Told My Daughter, and here's what happened when I met Deborah James and her daughter, Eloise. Today I find myself in the Talk Sports studios, but I'm not here to talk about football, cricket or rugby. Thank goodness, as my knowledge and interest is pretty limited, let's be honest. I'm here, of course, to delve deep into the workings of the mother-daughter relationship. And on this episode, I'm speaking with Deborah James and her daughter, Eloise. Since being diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer, Deborah has become a campaigner, raising awareness about bowel cancer. Now, if you don't follow her on social media, you should. Deborah James, aka the Bow Babe. She's honest, she's funny, and she's quite frankly brilliant. She also co-hosts BBC Five Lives award-winning podcast, You, Me and the Big C. And she's written a book all about her experiences of living with this disease. It's called FU Cancer. I can't wait to sit and have a good old chat with her and meet her nine-year-old daughter. Eloise. So, hello, Deborah James. Can I call you Debs? 
absolutely. Yay, Queen James. And it's actually so nice to be able to sit and have a chat with you. I was just, we've met each other a few times. In passing at parties. In passing at parties. You picked up awards at ceremonies I've been at, but we actually have never sat and had a proper chat. And uh, Eloise, it's so nice to meet you. You're nine years old, aren't you? Yeah. Thank you both so much for joining me in the studio. I mean, you're very at home in a studio, obviously, my fellow broadcaster and podcaster (laughs) and the like. So this is like a second home from home for you, isn't it? I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I I love a bit of podcasting. Basically, I like to talk. Yeah. That's the problem. And you're really good at it. (laughs) And you've got a lovely tone to your voice, so you're just very listenable, (laughs) if that's a word. Somebody somebody called me. I was on a late night night show. I, I think he was slightly inappropriate with my voice. <laughs> I was like, I could listen to your voice for a while. And I was thinking, really? <laughs> <laughs> and time to end this conversation. Yeah, I was like, bye then. <laughs> <laughs> bye. So to help listeners get to know you both a little bit more, I want to ask you both to describe each other in three words. Debs, I'm going to start with you so Eloise can have a little think. Oh, so Eloise, my darling daughter, you are absolutely crazy. That is my first word. <laughs> you are crazy. You are amazing thanks oh and you are i'm gonna say that you are the most creative person i know thanks wow really nice eloise Um, i think so uh my first one is crazy as well you copying mommy no i thought of it before okay my second one is funny Mm -hmm. And then my third one is chatty. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, funny and chatty. Okay, I'll take that. That's nice. I like that. I like the sound of that. (laughs) I think, do you think you get a little bit of the crazy from mum? Or do you think she gets it from you? Do you think she copies you? I think she gets it from me. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of mummy is is Debs? She's not like a very organised one. She's like a fun one. (laughs) She's not very strict. Is she strict? No. No. (laughs) She's like, let's go and do a dance. See? I like that. I mean, she's yeah. crazy and she's funny. Yeah. And that's like the best kind of mum, right? Yeah, she's not like the one like, go and tidy your room or do that. She's like a fun one. Oh, Perfect. thanks, Al. <laughs> so what do you like doing when you're together then? I know you've just come from a day out together. Well, um, I like shopping with her because mm. that's fun. Do you have the same taste in, in fashion? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you do? Um, a lot of times, but not all the time. So did you choose your new handbag or did Mummy choose it? Mummy saw it and I really liked it. Mm. Yeah. What kind yeah. of fashion do you like? Mm. Hard. I like... Mm. This is quite hard. I like... I'm... I'm you, you can just say, you can just say, do, why don't you talk, so you, Eloise really likes fashion, don't you? Yeah, I want to be a fashion designer. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what kind of things do you like? Do you like more floral, more patterns, more I like, of... I, I like shapes. Okay. Yeah. So Very you can say cool. about the, you want to create a brand, don't you? Yeah, and it's called Glimmerous. Oh, you can't give it away. <gasps> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I did that bit out, so you don't want anybody else stealing that idea. Oh, yeah. That's a good name. It's a good it's name, a really right? really good name. It's Glamorous, but Glimmerous. Yeah, I like it. So is it, is it got a little sparkle edge to it as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's clothes for, like, tweens. 
Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So she came down the other day, and I think this is really good. So this is why I think that she, she's the most creative person I know. I spent four hours on this. You did. So in her fun time, she spent four hours creating a fashion line of like nine different outfits. Or was it like... Twelve. A, a twelve, okay, to be exact. To be precise. To be precise. Twelve different outfits mm. that <laughs> included like signature shapes and all the different things that she was going to have in, oh her, my, that's in really her clothing cool. line. Yeah. Well done, you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm excited to see this. And what kind of, so what age range is it sort of aimed at? Well, it's like nine to like 19. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. So like yeah. quite old. Yeah. 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 Quite old, it's good. Yeah. Glimmerous is great. I like it. Good for you. <laughs> I, I expect to see um, your. Own Instagram account, she's too young, isn't she? No, too... Daddy deletes my TikTok and he said I can get Instagram account. Oh, okay. Well, we're not, mm, I don't know if mum's agreed with that, so we might not. Well, yeah, it's now. a bit difficult, isn't it? You're, you, she seems to like TikTok at the moment. Right. No, I deleted it. You deleted it. I'm not down with it. Okay. So I think it's really difficult, isn't it, with yeah. kids of this age totally. in terms of what they, so, you know, TikTok, they're allowed to have accounts. Okay. Um, and actually, it's kind of what I've realised you can be a bit safer with things like Instagram as long as the as long as someone like me controls it because mummy's always on instagram right i can always see what you're doing yeah so actually <laughs> so actually we're debating at the moment mm. we're debating it's a bit tricky you isn't never it? know watch this space but i saw your tennis whites you were twinning in your tennis oh, yeah. whites yes yeah, so that was really fun wasn't it yeah it's really nice as well <laughs> really nice nice photos nice little bit of um dancing yeah. Which is what I saw. Absolutely. We always dance together, so that's something. So your question was, what do we like to do together, wasn't oh, it? Oh, dancing. Yeah, we do a we lot. We do a lot of dances. A lot. We do a lot of dancing, don't we? And sometimes it's very embarrassing because we do it in embarrassing places. <laughs> and, but it's still fun. What have we just done today? Well, everyone was looking at us and we were dancing in Tesco's. <laughs> Are we dancing to any particular music or just the own the, the song in your head? No, just sing the song in our head. Brilliant. Yeah. See, I think if you can't just be a little bit crazy and a little bit, have a bit of fun. Yeah. You know, I think that's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I bet a lot of people were probably very envious that they didn't have the courage to do the same thing you were doing. Yeah, apart from the woman who kept on like... <laughs> she got escorted she was, out. She was a, <laughs> there was obviously a lady who just needed to do her job. Yeah. She just needed to stack the shelves. <laughs> and essentially, like, we were putting the camera up and every two seconds she kept on just, like, coming in front, putting the flowers up again. I feel like she wanted to be in it. Uh, <laughs> that's why. Do you, think that, do you think that was the thing? Yeah. I think maybe she did want to be in it. <laughs> so, Debs, let's go back. A little bit to the start. So you used to be a teacher. Yeah, I was. I've been a teacher. Like I did the whole, you know, university thing. Then trained to be a teacher. I went straight into teaching at the age of twenty-two, um, mainly because I didn't know what else I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And then I knew that I wanted to stay at university. And I loved being around kids. I think I am just a big kid. Um, and then I did the whole, I just fell in love with teaching, actually. I tried it and fell and in love with it. How old were the kids that you were teaching? I was teaching up to 18. Okay. Yeah, so I was in as a secondary school. Right. And I taught computer science, so that was my, I blagged it, essentially. <laughs> I think I was the only girl that applied for the course, if I'm being really honest with you. Um, learn, kind of, you know, learn on the job. And then um, became a deputy head teacher. So I worked my way up really, really quickly. So actually I was training to be a head 
by the time I was then, my whole world changed. So I literally was about to take on a headship and I was just working really, really hard in a school uh, that was actually in special measures at the time and now is a good school, which I love that story. Um, And then I got diagnosed with bowel cancer. And that was in 2016, just literally overnight everything changed. Everything changed and I was really, um, I was kind of really really busy you know when you're just working your bum off and you're going through the motions and then I just um I didn't really have time to like stop and think you know you just always assume you've got a future you always assume like everything's there you assume your kids will be there I was always a really busy working mum of two so I you know when you think you're juggling everything but you're not really Mm. um but I would did you see much of me no because she was always either on a work thing or I oh, the only times I real really saw her was the weekends. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm quite honest with that. And you that's like your perception of what yeah. it was like when I was teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's not that not that that's a bad thing. I think I just had my priorities wrong. Yeah. You can do that. Just job. Like that. I mean, when you're a mum, and you're working. I mean, I'm not a mum, but I'm. I, I my sisters are both mums, and I know you're juggling, and you're just doing the best you can. You and just it's like to make it's not work. enough hours in the day, and no. it's like you know, and you, you do have that mum guilt, of course. But yeah. you still, you've just got to do what you've got to do. You've got to do, it and you can't win. Like yeah. you have to accept the fact that you cannot win. So whatever happens, like you either, um, you either have to say no, my career is not going to take president, so therefore I'm going to like at home or whatever it might be but the, the, actually the biggest challenge was the cost of childcare mm. so the biggest challenge was I was um, I was a teacher but when you've got two kids in childcare actually it, it, you're like it doesn't you, you're not really you're not no. really working for the money that no. sounds really weird to say that but by the time you've you've paid out for two kids in nursery full time you're doing it really for your sanity rather than anything else yeah so it is a massive massive challenge um and you but you you do you make it work and you just do it but at the same time there's sacrifices that you make and the sacrifices are probably that you you know you're not really balancing everything out yeah. i don't know whether everyone does anyway no, at I, any point, I think we're all winging it we're totally all, we're winging, all winging it, it. <laughs> we are we are but so then so then you weren't seeing much of your family but then also you, were you you didn't pick up on any of these signs when you were feeling no. ill. You did. You just sort of like put that on the back burner as well. Yeah, so you know, there were little really changes busy. when you thought, oh, but you didn't actually book anything to go and see the doctor. You no. just thought, oh, you know, well, I'm tired because I'm working too hard. Absolutely. So, I what, so what were it. the symptoms? So what were my symptoms? So really clear, like my symptoms were I was really tired, ab- yeah. abnormally tired. I remember like being in the staff room drinking like seven, eight cups of tea a day and it not doing anything for my energy levels. And I'm somebody who who is quite energetic. I was working out, but I was losing weight. But then the key thing was that I was pooing blood. And I had a change of bowel habits and it was really crampy and I was going to the poo. I'm going to say that word. I was going to the poo like eight times a day. Gosh. But I assumed that it was stress. Yeah, and also caffeine if you're having a lot and of caffeine. And then you just you just assume it was everything else. And then I booked appointments to go to the doctors um, and I went. But the problem is, is that I was pooing fresh blood and there's this misconception that basically fresh blood is like hemorrhoids or like... Yeah, or a tear. Or a tear. Or something, something really benign, which statistically it probably is. But actually then what happened was, um, so it, it wasn't just, dis- well, yeah, I was pretty much dismissed because I looked healthy. Because actually on paper and statistically you at 35 
don't I mean when I think about bowel cancer and this is probably wrong I think food yep absolutely and, which is and, right and, and lifestyle, and, lifestyle and making poor choices but you're 35 you're vegetarian yep. you exercise you've never smoked there was all these things so actually yeah there was you didn't look not that I'm not sure what a typ- typical person who has bowel cancer looks like but you, yeah. It wasn't you. It wasn't me. So it, there, it, there are some hard facts. Yeah. And the hard facts are that about 50% of cancers, not cancers, bowel cancers specifically, mm. um, 40% of other cancers, but 54% of bowel cancers um, are lifestyle factors. And so that will be age, more likely to be male. You eat a lot of red meat, yeah. you smoke, you drink. Um, you don't work out. So all the exactly how you're describing it. And that's about half the cases of bowel cancer. And then the other half um, are just for, you know, it's crap luck if I'm being honest with you. And no, there's not really any rhyme or reason for it. And I'm everybody says, oh, is there something genetic? And I've been tested for that. And thankfully, for the sake of um, Ellie and, and Hugo, there's not. Um but the majority of others, that there is no rhyme or reason. It's just one of those things. And actually, it's on the it's on the increase. Like you'll see the headlines every single day, and I write about it all the time. It's on the increase, and all the people who are being diagnosed look like me. We're kind of fit, young, healthy, active. We shouldn't have Gosh. it, and there is no kind of reason for it. And even um, my oncologist, who is one of the top researchers in the country, in the world, in fact, they haven't got the answers at the moment. Um, so it's quite scary and it's something that you know we are addressing and that's why I campaign about it yeah it can happen to me it can happen to anyone right I mean the attitude that you have is I mean you say that you're living with cancer yeah you're not fighting you know because people say I'm a, I'm a cancer fighter or oh, you know I'm not, but it's not like keen a com- on that <laughs> completely different attitude and I think quite it, it's so important that you have that attitude right? yeah and you've just got to, so the reality and, and Ellie I know Ellie's sitting next to me but she knows this she knows that when I was diagnosed, I mean, it was pretty much, it was pretty bleak, if I'm being honest with you. I had more chance of dying in my first year than living. But that's, that's unfortunately, that's with most people who are diagnosed at my stage of bowel cancer. Bowel cancer is really curable. That's why I'm not banging in the drum on something that, like, can't be fixed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, you when know. it's caught early detection. Absolutely. Like, when bowel cancer is caught early... Yeah. You can be cured from bowel cancer. That's why it's worth shouting about. You know, I'm not I'm not doing this like for no apparent reason. The the problem is that by the time it was caught with me, it was already in my lungs. Uh, now it's in my liver, and the reality is that it's kind of like it's just a with me. It's a case of like keeping the lid on it. Yeah. And we know like there's great examples of people keep who are keeping the lid on it for years to come. And I'm very lucky that I'm treated at the Marsden, and they are keeping a lid on it. Yeah. Um, and you know I'm. That doesn't mean, um, I, I also know that I'm lucky that my body's responding to it touchwood so far. Yeah. Um, she says desperately looking around. Um, but And I know that there's lots of people who haven't had that luck at the moment, but that's my plan is to kick the, to kick the can as far down the road. But it did look bleak and the reality is that I probably shouldn't be alive today. Statistics say that I shouldn't be. So therefore, you know. But Carry you, on going. You, Live with cancer. Yeah, and, and, I, and you're just the most inspirational, <laughs> remarkable, funny, brilliant woman. I don't like <laughs> blow smoke up your ass for want of a better expression, but you are, and you just look so healthy. And I just love oh. your attitude. I love Bell Babe. I think it's amazing. <laughs> when was that 
born, as it were. That's the teacher in me. Yeah. So when I, I kind of had to step away from teaching as much as it really broke my heart actually to yeah. do that. Um, but mainly because if you work on the front line, you know what it's like. You have a job and if you don't turn up at like 7.30 in the morning, somebody else has to cover for you. Of and I'm, I'm not somebody who commits to something and then doesn't do it. Yeah. I find that really difficult. You know, if I've said yes to something, I would do it. Um, even now with cancer. And I think I just had to realise that at that, that type point in time as I'm being willed into having an operation, or, you know, 10, um, that I wasn't going to be like that reliable person that could work on the front line with the kids. Um, so I stepped away from it. And then I kind of thought, I loads of people because I was part of a teaching community so I was saying how are you how are you are you okay and actually that's really nice but then it gets really tiring yeah. kind of saying oh okay repeating your story so I just started writing a blog and I thought what's the polar opposite what's the polar opposite to somebody with bowel cancer and it's like basically a fit chick with <laughs> who talks about shit sorry I'm not allowed to swear I'm not allowed to swear <laughs> Absolutely fine. <laughs> that is amazing. Is that what went through your head? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Oh, that's brilliant. Just thought, right. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, she's heard it all before. Well, um, she's seen it before. Yeah. Because I was like, that's basically nobody took the. Because women, women of my age, of our age, will talk about um, their breasts yeah. in a good way, in a yeah. positive way. You've got people like Chris Lenga, uh, Copperfield. Yeah. They're doing amazing stuff, right? They're getting people Amazing. to grab their tits in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Right, it's brilliant. Yep. So I hope that when Ellie grows up, she, you're not going to be worried about checking your boobs for lumps, are you? No. Exactly. No. no. I mean, like, fuck, <laughs> Seriously. She's got to be on top of these things. Exactly. It's very and normal. It, and it's really normal, and it should be. But then the problem is, is that other parts, you know... Nobody talks about nobody it. You're talks right. About I mean, it. You, just, you literally just brought, you know, all of the taboos and all of that sort of fear of talking about your poo and about what's yeah. normal, what's not normal... And you're saving lives by doing this. Yeah, you actually are. You know? like, and I thought, I thought, it was, I thought, I, I only shared my story really to show that if it happened to me, it could happen yeah. to anyone, and that's the teacher in me. And then that, you know, became a column and the, you know, a podcast and yeah. loads of different things. But I think what I realised and what I'm still re realising is that every single day there are there are people like me being diagnosed, and we know that like a thousand people are diagnosed for any type of cancer in the country um, every single day, which is quite a scary it's statistic, really scary isn't it? Statistic. And um, it, with bowel cancer, 44,000 diagnosed, and it's the largest killer. So this is the problem. So bowel cancer and lung cancer, as a, as a group of cancers, will kill more women than breast cancer now. And I, don't get me wrong, I am totally down. I'm yeah. totally supportive. I've lost best friends through breast cancer. I've lost family members. And I am absolutely behind all the campaigning yeah. with that. But we have to recognise there's other cancers. Of course. And we have to recognise women get other cancers yeah. and more women are dying from other cancers. Yeah. So that's kind of where I see myself fitting, if that makes sense. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, there are people doing amazing stuff with breast cancer, but that's not me. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to be shouting about all the other stuff. <laughs> and dressing up like a poo. And dressing up on like a poo. On your Instagram. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and catwalking and strutting and dancing in your poo costume. What do you think of mummy's, um, uh, her, her bowel babe account, firstly? What do you think about mummy being bowel babe? Cool. It's cool, you isn't it? You think it's cool? Yeah. Are you do proud you think... of her? Yeah. And what do you think about mummy's poo costume? 
quite funny. It's quite funny, isn't it? I feel like you need like matching ones. And, and you when do, like, she dancing first got together. it, yeah. I just wanted to get in it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, it's so nice. It's quite, it's quite little. It shows off Mummy's fabulous legs, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we once walked down to the woods in Mummy's poodle costumes, and she was like, it was so funny because she was dancing. And <laughs> you you had to film me in my poodle costume, didn't you? Oh, did yeah. you do the footage of Mummy coming up from behind the tree? Yeah, and yeah. you're like... Oh. <laughs> that is so cute. That's proper bonding, isn't it? That's yeah. mum-daughter bonding. Absolutely love it. <laughs> And what do you want to do when you get when you get a little bit older, Eloise? Be a fashion designer. Oh, you want to be a fashion designer? That's definitely. There's nothing else on your agenda except for that. That's that is your main goal. If I'm not a fashion designer, I want to be either. Um, well, I love organising parties. Okay. So like. Yeah, that's what I would. Mummy, you do that, Deb. You organise a lot of parties too, right? We love parties. So I mean, you. Yeah, there's a party I want to organise. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds good. Yeah, you can organise my wedding because I'm having. I'm really rubbish at organising anything. (laughs) So if you want a big party to organise, that's the one. So, Debs, when did you feel like it was the right time to talk to your kids about your diagnosis? So, I only did that when we knew what was going on. Yeah. So, um, with bowel cancer, it's the... You have... I had a colonoscopy. So, that was quite... That's almost like the golden thing in terms of diagnosing. It's basically a camera up your bum. And when that happened to me, they saw the tumour. So, they knew exactly what they were dealing with. And they knew there and then there was cancerous. But until you kind of get biopsies, until you then have a plan, maybe see a surgeon, have an MRI, you don't really know what's going to happen. And you're not 100% certain it's cancerous, basically until they get out of your body and can kind of dissect it. And so with me, um, it wasn't until actually after I had... Um, a bowel resection where they took out um, nearly well a third of my bowel Um, they took out about a third of my bowel and then resected it that was my first major operation I've had others since and it was at that point that we then knew it was cancerous because they saw my tumour they knew it was cancer can you remember what happened when mummy said can you remember back a couple of years ago when mummy said I've got cancer can you remember where it happened when I said I've got cancer on the couch no, it happened at a restaurant. That's so interesting. Why? So we, we took you to the Olympic and told you there. I don't remember a single bit of that. You don't? Do you no. not? No. Do you remember being mummy being at home more? And, oh, yeah. Uh, and having conversations with... Some, um, because I've wondered why mummy wasn't at work a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, like, at work. So that's probably... But when was your first realisation that I had cancer? Probably when I was eight. When you were eight? <laughs> I thought you were just taking days off of work. <laughs> Mum is being really lazy right now. She's gone from one extreme to the next. Well, that's good advice for any parents who are stressing about telling their children, do not worry, they won't remember. <laughs> that really traumatic, that traumatic conversation that you've been sort of like... Psyching yourself up for. Do you know that's so interesting? Because in my mind, yeah. it, that's a massive deal. How many years younger is, is Hugo? So two. He's two, two years younger. He's two. So he was. He should remember. He was nine at the time. He was my. Yeah, he was now your age. I wonder if he remembers. Oh, he's older. Yeah, he's yeah. older. Oh, yeah, he must. He, I'm sure he remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's really. If I was nine, I would remember. Do you think? Well, I thought you'd remember when you were seven and you can't remember anything. I don't know why I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been really open and honest? 
with yeah your... so what I decided was that um, so it's really interesting actually hearing her say she can't even remember because in my mind it was really traumatic of course <laughs> so I just remember taking them and having to say mummy's got cancer and then actually when I think about it now they were more interested in that I think we then went on to watch a movie or something I think I think you were more interested in watching the movie. I think now when I look at it retrospectively, did they know what cancer know. was? Though, did you have to? Did, they, did you think Hugo might have said, well, "What? What is cancer?" I think you've. Do you know what you've always known? What cancer is? You've seen it in movies, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But do you have you always understood that people die from cancer? Oh yeah, yeah. Rachel. Oh. Yeah, Gordon, you can say that. Rachel Bland died. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she was announced in a thing. In what? In the award-winning ceremony. Oh, yeah. yeah. But how did that make you feel when you found out that Rachel died? Well, I was... I didn't... Literally, um, we we were coming home and Hugo was like, do you know that that's happened? I was like, no, you're joking with me. Yeah. he normally plays jokes with me. And like, oh, my God. I was, like, very confused. And I don't really understand, like, why, but now I do. But does it? Does that make you worry? No. Why not? Because you've had it for so long. Oh. <laughs> oh. But do you ever worry about me dying? No. Oh. Okay. That's good to know. Oh. It's really good to know, isn't it? It's like a positive yeah. attitude. Yeah, yeah. That's because you're so positive, Mum. Do, do you do you, do you think? Do you just think? Oh, can my mum's got cancer? That's all right. No. Okay. But you just get used to living with your mum with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to go to nice places. <laughs> You get a lot more time together now. It's really interesting because I've always been really open because from a teacher perspective, I've seen it from reverse. Yeah. So what happens is basically um, if you're not that open with your kids, I've seen kids then make up the gaps and really freak out about it because they make up the they assume the worst mm. and actually sometimes the worst is is way worse than yeah. actually what the reality is and so some i just kind of assumed look i'm if i'm going to be open about it i may as well um that's the kind of strategy because i can't i don't want to skirt around and hide it yeah but i think that's really interesting i i just always assumed it was a bigger deal than what it was but it probably isn't <laughs> she's living with cancer it's my life not theirs <laughs> so what, Debs, what do you do though when there are those tough days those down days those kind of really crappy days because I mean it, when I look at your Instagram when I see you out and about you never seem yeah. like you have those days but we all do we and all you, do and you, you you know some you, you go to tr- you go into treatment like often you know yeah. and you're you're taking medication every day. Every day, and yeah, yeah. That has side effects, yeah. and I have, re- I do have really tough moments where I'm just knackered. Yeah. I would say energy and getting over operations, um, and it's really sad, actually. You know, it can, you can, to be honest with you, like I'm in a community, like an online community, um, where people die and they do die, and it's really sad to see that, you know. And, Eloise mentioned Rachel and you know I've seen best friends die and it's really horrible because every single time you think am I going to be next Um, but then I kind of I suppose you just have a bit of a choice and the choice is like I can be you can only be sad for so long yeah 
Like, honestly, I, I actually think that because you kind of... You, and it's good to be sad. Of course. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really good to be sad. And you have to kind of sit with that for a while. And then you just... I can't... I get bored of being sad. Like, yeah, does that you know? It that, does, it does, it does. Totally like, makes sense. And I, like, I'm not being dismissive of it because I appreciate, like, maybe I'm quite lucky to be able to bounce back. Like I was saying, I'm pretty resilient. But I think I'm resilient because the alternative is so rubbish. Yeah. Like I think the alternative is just like, well, I don't really want to live my life like that. Yeah. So I think you just could then go, oh, okay, fine, pick myself back up. Like, but it is really hard. Like when your body doesn't work, when yeah. your body's like breaking down in front of you yeah i'll say that's really frustrating um very much so because so. i think a lot of people especially for me i probably would go the other way i think i'd go into a complete funk but i think that what's positive about you is that you you talk about it so openly you've got your podcast which is incredible you oh, know it's, you. i absolutely love it you've written your book yeah you know fuck you what's my book called del can i say it yeah you can say it go on can i say the actual word <laughs> You have, you have everybody's blessing. Yeah, go on. blessing. The actual word. Yeah, go on. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do it. No, I don't want to. Okay, okay. Okay, don't. F you cancel. Yeah. Oh, she didn't even say it. That's so sweet. <laughs> so cute. You are so well brought up. <laughs> Such a good girl. Even though mummy was properly telling you to say it. You don't need to say it. It's fine. We all know what it means. Yeah, she she knows if she ever swore, like yeah. I've got a potty mouth, and she knows if she swears, she is in <laughs> serious trouble. So do you love sports? You're like a big, you like running. I and love running. Fit so sports and... are massive things. I've always used exercise as a way of just, to be honest, keeping me mentally sane. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. It's about my head more than anything. Yeah, I mean, it's because your body does, you know, you get some yeah. good side effects with your, with your tummy and your butt, but <laughs> it's the head, it's the, the head. just the processing, the managing yeah. stress, the picking myself up, increasing yeah. endorphins, all so, of it. And honestly, that's that's kind of how I pick myself yeah. up. Like, yeah. if I'm feeling really rubbish, yeah. it's actually exercise that's my saviour. Because I've listened to a podcast where you've actually run to a surgery. Yeah, that's really common for me. I mean, you just run to the milestone. Yeah. But I play, a 10k run. Yeah, I play these, like, head games with myself, which I appreciate, like, anybody who's a psychologist listening to me would be like, oh, that's not very healthy. Because <laughs> I do, I'm like, ain't dead yet, gonna run to the milestone, gonna run to the milestone. But I kind of just think, well, if I'm about to be told that I'm gonna, you know, I've got more tumours, then if I'm running there, sitting, you know, if I'm sitting in my running gear in front of my oncologist and he's like, mm, you know, it's bad news, it's spread to you. This actually genuinely happened. So I just run, like, I think it was the, is the 8K to the Marsden in one of, like, my best times. He then sits there and says, you know, bad news, not what we're expecting. It's, it's run to your liver, you know, it's gone to your liver. And I'm thinking, well, I've just run here, so I ain't dead yet. <laughs> but it is, it's like, I get yeah. that it's not that healthy. And I also get, so one of the criticisms I get is that a lot of people you know I'm on daily treatment and most people you know a lot of people on daily treatment can't get out of bed so if they look at someone like me that's just it's just not realistic mm. um but I get that I'm probably on the extreme end of things sometimes but I've also sometimes about just turning up so I'm like yeah I'm running but really I'm running it really slowly yeah 
you know, I'm not, I'm not smashing it. I'm pretty much just walking. Like, I'm just pretending I'm running. because so I've got one of those fast waddle walk run things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in running gear. In running gear. You feel fabulous. You've got your trainers on. But you talk about this in the book, right? So yeah. there's a lot of kind of myths that you sort of dispel because I didn't know whether when you did have cancer whether it was recommended to exercise because, I mean, there's things that you hear and then there's, like, things you're yeah. supposed to eat and then supposed to do. And so I think there is no rhyme or reason. Everybody's very different. Yeah, and it really gets my back up. So right. I call it, Eloise, hold, like, just block your ears for, for two seconds. Okay, so I hate, wank, like, basically wanky wellness. Right. So, like, I call it wanky wellness. I'm not even sure whether I'm... Okay, I appreciate that's a bit wrong. But I really, it really gets my back up, like, the whole, oh, you know, if I'm vegetarian and if I, if I exercise really well, I'm not going to get cancer and I'm going to cancer-proof my life. And I'm like, I've been vegetarian for 25 years. I've run marathons and you know I've got bowel cancer. And I'm not saying I, um, I then throw the rule book out mm. because I absolutely advocate kind of, you know, if you can prevent it, do it. But at the same time, like, it really frustrates me when somebody said, I cured my cancer because, you know, I, I've i done all this, like, nice stuff. And I'm thinking, no, 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 you you were just really lucky. Yeah. Like, and so, so I get quite annoyed. So I'm about research and the evidence and really being being knowledgeable about your choices yeah. and then where, where you can fight your corner and be a little bit kind of no no this is what I'm fighting for is researching and understanding what are the best treatments out there how do you find the best surgeons the best oncologists how do you know that you're on the best treatment plan for you um, and you know have you researched that well enough and where's the evidence yeah. and that's and, and also then like looking after your body um, in terms of exercise yeah and in terms of eating well, because yep. if you can do the best that you can by that side, then you're going to give yourself the best chance to take all the crap that's thrown you in terms of treatments. Yeah. But I really think it's, you know, every single day there's headlines of people who dismiss... It's about alkaline, alkaline diets. Oh, yeah, and, that cure my know, cancer. And, like, yeah. you know... I, it's, an, it's a really tricky one because it's then you really start hard. then you start thinking I imagine that oh I I caused my cancer I caused my cancer because yeah. I ate too many burgers and you yeah. know didn't which have such, alkaline used a microwave all this kind yeah, of yeah which is such a negative thought process and I think the first thing that people look for when they've been diagnosed is they think well, what have I done wrong and the reality is that a lot of people haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. Um, and the last thing you then need is to be blamed for it. And I think it, it becomes really difficult if you then suddenly have these winners and losers and the winners are the people that beat cancer and the losers are the people that, that haven't. Because I guarantee you for every person who... Um, you know, beat cancer mm. through a alkaline diet. Mm. There's somebody who tried it and everything didn't. Yeah, and so I think it's it's just about weighing up your options and then then not criticizing people if they choose to do that. That's fine, but it's like you've got to have informed choices about what you're doing. Yeah, and then take whatever route you want. So I, you know, sometimes get criticised for things like, "Oh, why are you drinking alcohol?" I'm like, because yeah, you, you you're not shy about coming forward about the fact that you like to have a glass of wine. Oh God, no! You're like, <laughs> life is short. Drink all the wine. Absolutely. <laughs> and people are like, can you drink on like? 
chemo. And I'm like, well, A, ask your doctor, but B, you know, I've got stage four cancer. Like, and I really enjoyed yeah. wine. Yeah. <laughs> so cheers. Yeah. F you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> my choice, you absolutely. know. And it's, my, and it's an informed choice. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, and it doesn't mean we always then make the right decisions. Yes. Yeah. But I just think. I know that when you I, on one of the podcasts the, the episodes I'm listening to now you were just having the is it the ablation on your on my liver on your liver and it wasn't and, allowed and, to drink and he was like maybe not for a week <laughs> you're like okay yeah I can do that <laughs> he's like can I fly <laughs> like, just get away and celebrate <laughs> just go well, well, when, I love when, it. when can I drink <laughs> yeah so girls before you go what are your proudest moments of each other what are your proudest moments of mummy do you think. Um, when she, uh, she won something. I don't know what. She won an award? Yeah. Was it for... I think it was like the, like, it's about her podcast. Right. What award was it? Do you know? Is it, is it up on the shelf somewhere? Or no. Or the downstairs room? I'm the only one of the, I'm the only one of the team that doesn't, basically, I... I don't stay out. I'm like, I go home before everybody else. Mm. So the rest of the team are hardcore. Mm. If we win an award, they take it out till five in the morning. Right. I'm the one that's gone home at three, which means that I don't have any of the awards. Oh, no. Whoever was the last man standing has the awards, basically. Fair enough. What award was that? Um, so both, it includes well, the trick award. Yeah. So the trick award, Steve has. Yes. Like I went home early. I didn't, you know, I am a party girl, but I... Uh, that you was know, a lunchtime I'm, event. He stayed out till 5 a.m. He stayed out till 5. You know, the fact that I went home at midnight, I think I was doing quite well. Love you, Steve Land. Well done. <laughs> oh, dear. And then have you got a moment? A uh, for moment? Eloise. I quite like actually, the fashion design this, situation. Is it one this week? Do you know, you did really, really well. I'm really proud of Eloise this year. Always, I'm very, very proud of you. You won the award for Endeavour this year at your school, which is basically trying as hard as you possibly can. And before that, I told Daddy my test report and he said, you could try harder. And then he said, oh, yeah, I know. You you proved me wrong. Yeah, because you were like, no, you've tried your hardest. Yeah, I said, I tried my hardest. Yeah. So Eloise is learning, you're learning how to work with your um, dyslexia at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing amazingly well, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you're like the biggest superstar, I know. Because you're like rocking it. And so even though she finds like exams really challenging, actually, um, she, I've just had her school report and we went to see her teachers and they said how resilient she is and how she just gets on with stuff. So that's, that's my proudest things at the moment, isn't it? Well, that's probably my proudest things in myself as well. Why is it? Yeah, probably. And I actually got a one in my report this year. Did you? Yeah. I got three. Did you? Yeah. So you're really proud of that? Yeah. And it's just learning how to, that you can actually do stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And she got no vibes. She got no vibes in her Wow. Well done. Thanks. Yeah. It's been really nice talking to you both. You too. Have you enjoyed being in the studio? Yeah. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of fun with the microphone and the headphones. Yeah. Have you, are you any good at singing? No. Oh, that's a shame. Do you want to try? No, I'm just going to fail. <laughs> no. See, microphones make you sound really good. Really? Yeah, they do. So all like the big singers. Who are your favourite artists? Who are your favourite? Um, Ariana 
Gonzo. Oh, she's got a good voice. Have you seen her in concert before? No. Right. Um, the Spice Girls. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That must be my Which really, 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 really. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that what Mummy listens to? Does she turn out really loud and dance around and sing? Sometimes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. My music choice is just embarrassing. Who sang YMCA? <laughs> The village people. Oh, I like the village people. Do you like the village people? <laughs> little bit of disco. Well, she's saying it. YMCA. <laughs> Amazing. I can't wait for you to throw a party. One of your infamous parties. And I hope that I get invited. And we will put on YMCA really loud. Yeah. yeah is that a deal? A shake on it. YMCA. Shake on it. Nice one. Thank you so much, Deborah James and the gorgeous Eloise. Thank you for talking to me, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Super cute. Fabulous is Britain's most read women's magazine and is packed full of affordable fashion and beauty, as well as exclusive interviews with our most loved female celebrities. It's also free every week in the sun on Sunday. Join me next time on Things I Told My Daughter when I get another chance to meet an amazing mum and daughter duo. If you subscribe to the podcast on your app, you won't miss an episode. Tell us what you think of our podcast too. Please leave a review on your podcast app or talk to us on Twitter at FabulousMag. I'm Lisa Snowden and you've been listening to Things I Told My Daughter. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.